Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. All of that, or some of that, on 1070 The Fan in Indianapolis. And if you're an NFL fan, one of the great what-if questions is, what if Phillip Rivers doesn't get to a Super Bowl? What if he doesn't win a Super Bowl? Is he still a Hall of Famer? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. It's a question that's he been thrown no, out. it's not a question. It's been thrown he, out. He, he may not be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he's a, he's a Hall of Famer. There's no question about it because of the longevity what he's been able to do, what he was able to do for the Chargers when he played there. I mean, the dude, look, man, everybody's not going to win a Super Bowl nor make it to a Super Bowl. I mean, there's many guys, I'm sure, if we look, that have gone on and lost the Super Bowl on one shot or either not gone to the Super Bowl but is in the Hall of Fame because of the contribute the things that they contributed to the game. 16 years in San Diego slash Los Angeles and now one in Indianapolis. To Key's point, he is the most statistically accomplished quarterback to never play in the Super Bowl. Last Mm. night he passed Dan Marino. He is now one of the top five passers in NFL history. Brett Favre sits at number four. It's going to take a few seasons for Phil to get there. I'm not sure if he's got a few seasons left. He wants to coach a little high school ball. His son's a quarterback. Think about it. Dan went to the Super Bowl, I believe, his rookie year. When his second year never got back. Second year. Second year. Never. I can't wait to get back. Never got back. Never got back. You know what's so crazy, though, Key? You can do something that – you know, less than 0.01% of the world is able to do. And people try to label you as like, well, you know, he's statistically, he's so incredible, but he never won. He never won a Super Bowl. That conversation conversation is going to come up. There's no question about it. But that doesn't make it right or wrong. I mean, he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. But when he's played, he's done a terrific job in the regular season and even in the playoffs to a degree. But when you're running up against the New England Patriots year in and year out, the Indianapolis Colts, I mean, it's just it's tough. The Baltimore Ravens, in his time, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, New England, and Indy dominated the AFC. No question. Look at those quarterbacks. That's what I'm saying. I feel like those conversations, aren't. they don't come from athletes. You don't hear athletes say, well, you never won. I mean, they might joke around from time to time, but it's like when I'm with Charles Barkley, I'm not going to sit there and say, hey, Charles, like you never won a world championship. Like You're not a great player. Like, No, you're a hell of a player. You're an incredibly great player. It just sometimes with who you get coached by, with who's on your team, what system you play in, all those things factor in majorly. I want to mention Frank Reich has a great relationship with Philip Rivers. He's currently the Colts coach. They were together in San Diego where Reich was a coordinator and Rivers was the longtime quarterback. Rivers is coming off a not so great game against the Ravens where the uh, Colts scored just 10 points, no touchdowns, a pick. It wasn't great. Here they are short week. They're back. They win. And Reich, a quarterback himself. Remember Reich was the architect of the greatest comeback in NFL playoff history. He played with me. That's like he's one of my favorite players to ever play with. I only played with him one year with hmm. the Jets. What now, made him I was so cuz he was just he was a vet, man. He just he was our backup quarterback and I was a rookie, but he spent so much time with me to get me up to speed to learn how to play the position at the NFL level. Like I'm forever indebted to him because of those sort of things. Like that's my dude. Like he some people just be like, "Ah, oh, he's the number one pick." But Frank was like, "Let's go, Key. You know, put me in a room, get me on the board." throwing balls with me after practice, all those sort of things. And that's exactly what he did for Rivers over those years, now bridging two franchises. And last night he said, if you want to go on a scale of 0 to 100, the further you tick up last night, you can't go high enough with the way Rivers played. He was perfect. I mean, he had that feeling all week. You know, we got into no-huddle mode. And, 
he and I have done a lot of that together, you know, over the years. And just we, we talked about it during the week. And then in the last 24 hours, just really decided to have conviction about going with it almost the whole game. Yeah, you you, you got to – and that's the beauty about having a, a coach or offense coordinator, play caller that's on the same page with you as a skill position player. When when they come to you and they ask you, what's the feel? Like, what are you – what are you what are you thinking? And then you you say, Well, I think we can go no huddle and up tempo and here's why, because I'm comfortable in that. I'm comfortable being in the gun and having four and five out all the time, which means four and five receivers in the route at all times. So I can get the ball out quick. I don't have to worry about the rush. The communication is so important for the play caller or the head coach to have with a quarterback and his skill position players to have success. It's like being coached by a point guard, coaching a point guard, a quarterback, coaching a quarterback, right? It's interesting. You really think about it. Now, they're both tied atop the AFC South at 6-3. and three. They'll play again November 29th in Indy. So it just goes to show, we, we talk about it all the time, the Bucks are right here, Super Bowl contender. A couple weeks later, they're shaky. We're ready to write off Phillip Rivers 24 hours ago, and then Reich says he has one of the greatest performances he's seen out of him at that age. Well, he's week to week for me. I'm not ready to write him off. Okay. I never was really ready to write him off. I was ready to take a look to see where he would be basically quarter to quarter um, because he had an alarming rate of interceptions at the beginning of the year. You think about the Cleveland game, Cleveland pick six. I mean, just things like that where you're sitting and you're going, you're showing me Phillip Rivers of the last several years in Los Angeles in an empty stadium as a charger. This is what you're showing me now in Indy. And then he got a little hot comeback win, touchdown in the corner end zone, stick that to you, you take that. Then next, then they come out this week and they take care of business and they run over Tennessee. So now you go, okay, well, let me see what you do next week. It's week to week. It's week to week. You're at the top. I cannot afford to uh, uh, run the whole entire season if you're playing bad with you at the quarterback spot. It just it, you can't. You have to. There's 52 other guys that are on the team that the coaching staff and the Indianapolis Colts owe it to to make sure that they have a legitimate shot at winning the division. And if Philip Rivers struggles, and that struggle shows up as we're going to lose this game, you may want to look to Jacoby Brissett. I mean, think about they play the Packers next. And that's going to be a showdown between him and Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Then they play the Titans at home again. I'm sure Mike Vrabel and company will have – they'll be more prepared considering what happened last time. Plus, the special teams for the Titans are just horrible. I what mean, are the it, game, though, Jay? It, I, I know you shank a punt, a punt, it goes 17 yards, you put them in great position, they then score. You know, Then the next day, like a couple plays later, they're three and out, Titans are three and out, they're about to punt the ball again, it gets blocked – and then they go into the end zone. They score there. Next thing you know, you're down. Ten. It happened that fast. Two TDs, two D- TDs in the span of about three minutes. And that's in, in Tennessee's not built necessarily for comebacks. They're just not that style. They they lean heavy on the running game with Derrick Henry. They don't want to have the quarterback drop back forty times again. It's just not what they want to do. Indeed, as Jay referenced, a nightmare night on special teams. Here's head coach Mike Vrabel on the not so special special teams performance. Field goal, didn't go in, didn't punt it well enough the one time, and then didn't block well enough on the other. Certainly things that we'll have to uh, improve quickly. Short and sweet, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman mentioned this during the broadcast last night. You think back, it was just 10 years ago where Mike Vrabel was playing in the league. And the one thing I wanted to bring to the table was at the beginning of the season, 
the Titans were out to that magical start because of their special teams. They won their first three games on the foot of their kicker, essentially on the final play of each of those games. And Key, maybe it's just an evening out situation right here. Nobody's talking about them as being one of the best teams in the NFL. That talk was floated around week four, week five. Well, I don't think I ever floated it, right? If you look at, you go back and you look at some of my top seven, sixes, fives, or whatever. Your real rankings. Your real rankings. They may have been in there once because I just, there were a nine and seven football team last year, right? Mm -hmm. Because they inserted a new quarterback in in replace of Marcus Mariota, and they got a little bit of a joke. And then they kind of – it was exciting. You know, it was exciting to see them get on the road. You got a young head coach and Mike Vrabel. You know, it's like, oh, the New England Patriots, is, they're going to do what New England's done. They're going to do it in Tennessee. So it became a story. But I never felt like the Tennessee Titans were the team to beat. I mean, you know, I, I get it. I understand it. It's sexy. It looks good. But I never felt that way. I never felt that they were getting ready to run away with the AFC. But don't a lot of people, don't you think a lot of people did because they got to the brink of the Super Bowl? They beat Tom Brady in a playoff game, ended his New England career. Uh, You're setting the story up right there. The brink. Tom Brady ending the New England career, an interception. Then Lamar. It's okay okay for a team to have a miraculous run. No, but I'm saying the story leading into it, as Zubin is saying, it's, it's a story that was built up. They go to the AFC Championship game. They're up 10-0, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, they just get shellacked by Kansas City. They're going to come back with the same team again this this year. They added Jadavion Clowney. uh, uh, Paid Tannehill, paid Henry. Paid Tannehill, paid Henry. They got Vic Beasley. Oh, my God, this this is the year. It's like, well, come on, man. You still got other teams that are doing the same things as well. It wasn't like they were... 13-3 13-3 and three with him starting at the beginning of the year last year. They were 9-7 and seven football teams. I'll give you credit. You've been on that from the beginning because I got excited about the Titans. I was one of those people. and You, you kept talking me off the ledge. I mean, the whole, they're, I, just, they're I recognize what they were last year. It was just the way sometimes you do have to believe in the way you win games. And is there an element to luck? Yes, I'm sure there is. No, they're a good team. They're, they're, they are a good team team there's no question but they're about not it. an elite team but they're not an elite team see there's only two teams in my opinion that are elite right now in the AFC that's the Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers then from there then there's a second layer where it's the Buffaloes the Oaklands the Tennessees the Indianapolises they all kind of kind of crunch up together. And then you say to me right now, you'll say, well, what's the difference between what Pittsburgh does and the difference between what Tennessee does? Well, the difference, number one, is I trust Ben Roethlisberger and those receivers when they need to throw the ball and come from behind. It's not that I don't trust. It's not that I don't trust Tannehill. I just don't believe that that's what Brable wants to do. Where Mike Tomlin, he'll do it. He'll throw the ball all over the lot. He'll abandon the run because he has a Hall of Fame quarterback that he believes in. Indeed, and we should mention Pittsburgh and Tennessee faced off this season, and Pittsburgh did win the game by three, and they're the NFL's lone team. I would argue. I think, I think the Bills are trending in that direction to right, potentially well, go on, go on, be man. an you, elite team. You I, jump I think, on that bus by yourself. No, I, I say potentially. Potentially. I think they're on their way. Right? I'm going to see what you say next Monday. Okay. But shout out to the Titans. They last year went into Denver, who is not a good team. They lost 15 nothing. They got blanked by one of the worst teams in the NFL, and that's the moment. Big fans, they said, yeah. Marcus Mariota is out. 
Ryan Tannehill is in. Could they have imagined at that point when they left Denver and flew out of Denver that night, having not scored a point on the road against the Broncos, that they would have gotten to the brink, nope. to the brink of the Super Bowl? So you're right. It is a great story. But last year's story was authored a little bit better. They're finding out sustaining it is a little more difficult. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Let's go from A to Z. And from A to Z begins with Tiger Woods. Bogey free, four under 68 at the Masters yesterday. Three back of the lead. The Englishman Paul Casey fired a 65. 44 guys still need to finish round number one. They had to suspend play due to darkness, but guys are going off on one in 10 when the rounds commence. So that's going to speed it up just a little bit. There's coverage right now on ESPN. Featured groups on ESPN+. Plus. We feature Tiger, the mm-hmm. defending champion, with Tom Rinaldi talking about Thursday. It was good all around. I, uh, I dribbled well, hit my irons well, and, uh, and putted well. So um, there's really nothing that, uh, uh, looking back on it, uh, that I could have done a little bit better. Um, obviously, I could have made a more, few more putts. But, um, again, uh, Joey and I were talking about the, the putts just aren't breaking. So uh, I missed all the putts on the high side. Can he do it, fellas? Can he win the Masters? Yeah, I think he's in potential position to do so. Uh, a lot depends upon how he does today and tomorrow, obviously. But I think his strike on the ball has been on point thus far. I think he just missed a couple of putts that could have actually had him to be in the lead. Yeah. It would be an amazing story. One of the great stories in sports. We've had a lot of back-to-backs in a lot of different sports. But this one, this oh. event separated by 19 months, everything it's meant to him, his comeback, his personal life, all of that, resuscitating his career and going mm. back-to-back. We did that story 18 months ago, though, Zubin. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> But it's still an amazing story. No, it is. But we did that with 18 months ago. I just, I'm glad to see that he's ahead of where he has been traditionally when he's played in the Masters. He's ahead of that. Indeed. He's been a slow starter. We should mention he's made six starts since the PGA Tour restarted. He doesn't have a single top 20 finish. So obviously this would be something big. And this event means so much to him. Again, coverage right now on ESPN. NFL owners have approved new diversity measures. They're widely panned. Measure in May was to essentially give teams draft picks that hire minorities or women in the front office, head coaching, or GM. Now, a course correction, the NFL is now going to be giving draft picks, compensatory draft picks, that is. So those are kind of flexible. They're not set in stone. Compensatory third-round picks at the moment to teams that not hire a minority, but a team that cultivates one. So just a quick example before we get some perspective, if Eric Bieniemy, the African-American offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, were to be hired by somebody next season, the Chiefs would get the draft picks for finding, grooming, cultivating, and putting him in a position to be a head coach, not the team that hired him. Is that flawed? Is that right? Is that wrong? Earlier this morning, Kimberly A. Martin, who covers the NFL for ESPN, shared her thoughts. I think it misses the mark again Mm. on what the real issue is. And I think it all goes back to ownership. I think owners have to take a step back, have to do self-inventory as far as their check their own biases, check their circles and how, how wide they extend their net um, when it comes to candidates. I don't think nobody wants to get a job. No black person wants to get a job because they're black. Right. And, and when you talk about the NFL of, you know, pushing teams to develop guys. What does that development look like? Are you bringing coaches and personnel guys into me? You know, are you giving them team information? Are you giving them access to 
sit in the room as you're discussing discussing game plans or draft plans, or are you just going to put their give them a new title and drop them off at the NFL Career Symposium and say, hey, learn from other guys? You know, it really has to be tangible um, development and growth, and the pipeline is there. A lot of guys have been stuck in it, and a lot of guys haven't been developed. So if you have to entice somebody, dangle that carrot with a draft pick, just to get them to pay attention to the guys that are in their organization, smart, talented guys who have not moved up, to me, that, that doesn't sit right with me. But I, understand, I applaud the league for trying to do something, but ultimately it comes down to the owners. Yeah, Kimberly, Kimberly's 100% right. It comes down to the owners. And kudos to Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I'm hoping, and I don't know this, I hope it's retroactive. I hope they're going to go back because the enemy's developed now, right? And so we all know – He's going to, we think, he's getting a job. Strongly. Strongly after this season with one of the NFL clubs that have a vacancy. We think. We don't know because anything can happen with these people. Kansas City will benefit from that. But they already started the process. I think when you look at it, though, much like she's saying, you don't want to be put into a room with the label just because you're not allowing me many for many years that the, in the NFL, you had tags as coaches. You're the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, special teams, but you're not calling anything. You're not doing anything like you. Yes. I may have the title as offensive coordinator and I may be sitting in the box, but the head coach is on the sideline calling the plays. He's the one calling the play. So when I get my opportunity to interview, my interview doesn't go nearly as well as it should because when they put me on the board mm-hmm. or they ask me about who my staff is going to be and I give them the names, they don't like it. The intentions was never to hire me in the first place. You're just getting to the Rooney rule. The one thing that the Pittsburgh Steelers did right with Mike Tomlin is they said, hold on, hold that thought for a minute. Let's bring him in. They bring him in. They like, oh. But he actually was calling the defense for the Minnesota Vikings. He was calling it. He didn't just have a title. Lovey Smith was calling the defense for the St. Louis Rams. He didn't just have a title. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's extremely important to, to, to remember. I think when you have African-Americans or blacks sitting in the room, a minority sitting in the room, meaning that they're there when the draft, uh, you have your draft meetings, and that the things that they suggest are being taken serious, that's when you develop in somebody. When you kind of dismiss it and blow it off as if you know everything, that we got it under control, we really don't need to get you to the next level. There's a guy in Dallas that sits there that is highly regarded named Will Clay. Mm -hmm. Highly regarded. He knows how to select players both in college and the NFL. Mm -hmm. He needs to be running an organization somewhere, but he can't get away from the Cowboys because every time it, you know, Jerry and them keeps him because they know how important he is to that organization. But somebody needs to wrestle him away and make him their top front office guy, despite what Jerry and them wants to do in terms of retaining him. And when you look at coaches, you know, there's guys like Raheem Morris who's doing a terrific job, a second opportunity now with the Atlanta Falcons since he's taken over their 3-1. And, and, and he really 
really has learned his lesson. I talked to him not long ago, has learned his lesson from the first time around being a young head coach, kind of pushed into the role when they got rid of John Gruden. They had nowhere else to turn but to a young head coach who got him to the playoffs one year, a couple years later. He's fired. He needs that job in Atlanta. I don't see why they would even look to anybody else. He's right there. The team has rallied around him. And so when you start to look at some of the vacancies that's going to come up, you can't start to, you know, Sean Jefferson, a receiver coach for the New York Jets, is a ha- should be taken serious as a, maybe an offensive coordinator for somebody or even a head coach. He's playing the league. He's been in the league. He understands what the league is all about. But you don't ever hear the name. You never hear about it. If it wasn't for Rex Ryan uh, 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 giving Coach Lee and Anthony Lynn an opportunity to come to him, with him to Buffalo, then when he got let go – he took over and became the play caller, and now everybody saw him, Jay Willen, was able to say, okay, Coach Lynn could be a head coach. Okay, I see he can call plays, but the opportunity was given. If you take that opportunity away, it'll never be given. I want to just mention one thing because I know we have a ton of Cowboy fans listening. So if you're just hearing Will McClay's name for the first time, Vice President of Player Personnel. So that essentially means he's the main guy looking for guys in free agency trade and the draft. And you can say whatever you want about the Dallas Cowboys. They have a ton of talent. Whether it's healthy and available is one thing. But this is the guy that has stocked the roster for America's team and has done an unbelievable job. And it's so funny because everybody always blames Jerry and Steven. (laughs) It's like Will Clay is the one really pushing it. There's no doubt about it. So we'll keep an eye on him. We'll keep an eye on Eric Bieniemy and the rest of the folks along the way. Byron Leftwich. Vi- I can go on and on and on, but I know we've got to go to break. Yeah, no doubt. It's going to be a very interesting offseason for the NFL. That is for sure. Still to come, just yesterday, it was reported in stone. There's no way the college football playoff would be delayed due to the coronavirus or anything happening in the country. But hang on. We got some news for you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Those words from Paul Feinbaum, this has been a bad week. There could be more bad weeks to come as we hit winter. We're all indoors. The coronavirus is in control, as all the Power Five conferences have discovered. You know, yesterday we had Heather Dinich, our college football insider, on, and she said she spoke to 
playoff executive director, Bill Hancock, that said, nope, playoffs happen in January 1, championship is happening January 11th. That was just yesterday. It's firm. It's a TV thing. We're not moving anything. Well, hang on one second. Big 12 commissioner, Bob Bowlesby, was asked this question. This guy's a very powerful guy, intimately involved in the collegiate game for years, basketball and football. Big 12 commish asked this yesterday on Sirius XM Radio. Do you think there's a high likelihood that the college football playoff gets moved back? Well, I, I'm, I'm on the, the CFP operations committee, and we've spent some time talking about that. We haven't, haven't come to any closure on it, but, but there, is, um, there is some latitude to, uh, to postpone if that need should arise. And um, the same is true with uh, some of the New Year's Six games. But, um, you know, within, within uh, reason, you can do those things. Uh, um, you know, I, I don't know that I see us uh, playing a championship game in February, but uh, you, just, you just never know. These are, these are unusual times and things that uh, might otherwise not be acceptable um, have to be considered at, uh, in, in this kind of circumstance. Set in stone January 1? Not so fast, my friend. And on that vein, we bring in the host of ESPN's College Game Day. He's sitting in a very unique locale. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. That, of course, is Reese Davis. Reese, good morning. What do you make of Bob Bowlesby's comments? I thought that he was just being practical, Zubin. It's a possibility for sure. Everything's on the table, uh, given the pandemic and the impact that it's had on scheduling. But I don't think that his comments, uh, I didn't take them anyway, uh, to be foreshadowing that they are planning to do this. I think that they have just accepted the fact that, as you stated a moment ago, that the virus uh, is in control. Virus is going to virus, as they say. You know, and you have to be ready to adapt and try to handle it as, uh, as best you can. And if that entails moving, then it entails moving. But I think that is something that the powers that be in college football would like to avoid if at all possible, but they're not going to be reckless and stubborn in trying to avoid it. But, you know, obviously the idea I think would be to uh, get to the finish line, particularly January 1st and hope that they can do so safely. And then uh, hopefully our entire society has, is in a better place by then, whether it be because of a vaccine or whatever the situation might be and be able to um, kind of regroup, so to speak. Reese Davis on the Shell Pins All Performance Line. Reese, when you look at uh, things that is going on in college football, College Game Day has broadcasted from the aircraft carrier Times Square, which you were part of, and now Augusta National. What does this opportunity means to you? I think, Keyshawn, that it's really the top of the list because it's so unusual. I mean, the Masters obviously typically not played during football season, so you can look at it and as a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for uh, for us to touch one of the great and iconic uh, situations and atmospheres and venues and, and sports. And to be able to do it in such a, a picturesque place and to have such a gracious hospitality from the people at Augusta National, I think it's a, it's a unique opportunity. We're still going to do a football show tomorrow morning, but we are finding ways that football and golf, particularly the Masters, have intersected. I had a, uh, I had a really cool conversation with David Shaw uh, over Zoom on, I think it was Wednesday night, that uh, was going to be a very small piece, and, and we ended up saying, this is, this is such cool content, and we made a little, mini, a little mini piece out of it. I think people will enjoy about David's experience, his experience uh, 
with uh, with a certain pair of uh, a certain certain piece of men's outerwear that you might be familiar with from another Stanford alum. So uh, you'll be able to see that on game day uh, on game day tomorrow morning. Now, look, you you guys are going to be right there on the on the course, so you know you got to kind of whisper. How, how are you going to be able to handle that though? Think about it. With you guys up there having so much fun, how are you going to be able to whisper when they've already teed off? You know, I asked that question. See, that's exactly the question I asked when it came up, and I was fired up about it. I said, "What about our volume level?" And as it turns out, my understanding is, and I'm going over to the course today. I've been cleared to go over and everything to check it out. But we're on the par three course, so we're supposed we're supposed to have enough space between us and where uh, where the golfers are actually playing that that's not going to be that's not going to be an issue. We're going to be able to speak at a at a normal level. Typically, unless we get really agitated, we're not a bunch of yellers and screamers anyway. Now we we you know the decibel level will rise from time to time. But uh, we, we should be in the clear. But I asked that exact question. I said, are we going to have to be cognizant of our volume level if, you know, uh, if they're playing Saturday morning by then? And uh, I was assured that we are, uh, there's enough distance that we're okay. R.D., take me to the Big Ten. Ohio State's game against Maryland was canceled. Ohio State now is down to seven games. How come the Big Ten didn't go away from divisions like the ACC and some other conferences? Um. I don't. I think they just felt like Jay that they could that they that the schedule was condensed anyway, and that it sort of made sense. It sort of gave them some natural scheduling opportunities, and I'm not sure that it's going to make that much of a difference. I guess in theory it could, but you have some teams on the other side that are also undefeated. Um, you know, you have Ohio State and Indiana that are they're going to play anyway. So I think they just felt like that with a condensed schedule, it did create some advantages. That you know, obviously. Uh, teams on the, in the West, if they miss Ohio State, that's a, that's a pretty big advantage. <laughs> you know, but if you're, you're going to win the championship, you're going to see them sooner or later anyway. So I think that, uh, you know, I think that they just decided it, it probably helped their ease of schedule and made more sense and it created, um, you know, fewer questions about why this team had to play another and, you know, why, uh, why one team avoided uh, Ohio State or Wisconsin or whoever and someone else didn't, even though they still have some of that because I think, uh, I think even now Purdue, um, you know, Purdue misses uh, everybody. If I recall, they were supposed to play Wisconsin, but that game got canceled. But they don't have to, they don't have to play Ohio State on the other side. But they do have Indiana because of their rivalry game. So um, I think they just felt like that it, it made their scheduling more uniform or as uniform as it could be in this situation. No question about it. Hey, man, from Muscle Shoals to the Masters, what a journey for you. We'll be watching tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern for truly, it's hard to say this in 2020 because everything's been done in TV, one of the most unique TV moments any sports fan can experience. Reese, thank you. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Thanks, Arnie. All right, guys. See you later. Right, Reese. Take care. That's a great Reese Davis with us. He'll be on College Game Day yeah, tomorrow. I was, I was wondering. Pretty no, cool like, cross-pollination. This is yeah, really no, cool. This cool. is really cool. No, there's no question about it, but I was wondering. I'm like, they up there having fun and, and <laughs> go, you know, golfers are supposed to be quiet. Where are they going to position them at so that we don't uh, – not us, so that the golfers 
don't hear the noise. Right. We should mention the Par 3 course. I've actually been fortunate enough to go to Augusta one time. The Par 3 contest is generally held on a Wednesday. That's actually where everybody lets their hair down. Obviously, it's a very serious event, but that's where the caddies or the girlfriends or the wives of the players, everybody loves it. It's just a great, great moment. But obviously, this year's Par 3 contest was canceled, obviously, due uh, to COVID. But it's a special part of the course, and that's where they'll be set up and ready. But Zuby, I wonder go. if one of the caveats for them being there, I wonder if they brought their sticks. You have to think they have free access to actually play that part three course, right? I will say this. This is something that's really nerdy and maybe a lot of the people don't really enjoy. But if you are lucky enough to do what us three do for a living or our colleagues, every year after the Masters is completed, normally in April, remember, after the Masters is completed, believe it or not, the course actually shuts down for months. It's not like it's open all the time, even for the members. The course is shut down for months at a time. So what they do generally after they crown a champion at the Masters in April or this Mm -hmm. year in November then the hundreds of people that are covering the Masters, obviously many of them play golf, love the game of golf. They go into a lottery, and if your number is selected, you can then play the course as a member of the media and say you always walked Augusta Ugh. and played at the very place that Tiger teed off or Jack teed off, all that sort so of So that probably won't be until stuff. the summer, right, because the Masters are coming back again in April. Wow. Yeah, pretty okay. cool. But yeah. it's closed for months at a time just for restoration and all that stuff. So Reese Davis joined us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas, giving you unbeatable edge and protection. The proof's in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wearing test using SAE 5W30. I don't know if he was going interlocking or overlapping, JJ. I'm not really sure what he was what, Whatever, <laughs> Whatever, man. I just, you know, walked the course. Probably overlapping. Overlapping. Yeah. Jay will or won't. Jay's going to try to make you some money. If that's not going to make you stick around, I don't know what possibly will. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. As always, it's a Friday tradition. We're heading to a weekend. It's a football Friday, and Jay is ready to make you some cash. We've picked five games that all have interesting storylines that we think you will enjoy. Let's begin. The separated by a pig bowl. To a tag of Leoa. Los Angeles at Miami. <laughs> Herbert his name like that. <laughs> picked one pick apart. What do you think here? Jay, two are related. Let's start with him. It's the one pick apart because two was selected fifth. Herbert right behind him in the most recent NFL draft. Two are related. Passing yards for Tua. Let's go over, under, 
244 and a half. He threw for 248 versus Arizona, two TDs. I, I'm, I'm going to go under. I think the third game, I think the defense is going to start to figure him out just a little bit, so I'll go under in that one. I'm going over. Minus 115 on the under for Jay. For Herbert, now we know he's been throwing it around the yard since he was named the starter. His over-under is going to be a little bit higher. 269 and a half over-under. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over with Herbert. Is, I just think the way he's been slinging that thing, man. Look, can the Chargers finally win the game? That's going to be the question. But <laughs> That's I, the real question. I, I like Herbert going over. <laughs> both, both of these guys will be over because it'll be a match-for-match match type situation where they're going to have to throw the ball all over the lot to keep pace. It's going to be great. Over, by the way, is coming in at minus 115. The Hot Potato Bowl. Oh. Potato, potato. Philadelphia at New York. Oh. Chef Boy, our key, weighing in a little early this morning. Carson Wentz. Why do you look confused, Key? No, I'm just a potato bowl. I just was. Yeah, because right. nobody, this, everybody yes. throws interceptions in this game. Right. This is not the Idaho famous potato bowl in Boise. This is the Hot Potato Bowl in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Interceptions for Wentz, over .5. Essentially, does he throw a pick? Yes. I say Wentz throws a pick in this ballgame. Over. You're taking the over, so more than one. The over is at minus 140, the under at plus 110. Speaking of interceptions, easiest transition ever. Sorry to do this. Daniel Jones, interceptions, over, under a half. He didn't throw one last game. I'm actually going to go under. He almost tried to fumble, though. He did. <laughs> True. He True, almost but this tried is to interceptions, fumble. though. No, remember, I took the turnover with him last week, and he almost, he almost had that sack fumble. I'm going over. All right. It's hard to get out in an NFL game without throwing a pick, man. I know. It's just hard. That's when I'm believing it. It's coming at him fast. Over is at minus 140. So over at .5, minus 140. The Bridge Over Troubled Waters game. Like a bridge over troubled water. Tampa Bay at Carolina. We're going way out of the demo for that. Yeah, wow. Yeah, way out of the demo. I'm going to have to have We're a conversation <laughs> at the end of the show with that, whoever put that together. We need that top of the hour music to get flown. All right, Tampa Bay at Carolina. Um, we're not going to go Brady here. We're actually going to go with a guy Key has been talking about a lot over uh, the course of the program and the course of the season, Teddy Bridgewater. Passing touchdowns for Teddy. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, Carolina has Ooh. lost four games in a row. Probably not going to have Christian McCaffrey back there. Passing touchdowns over under one and a half. Ah, this one's tough. I'm, you say over key that easily? I, I just feel like the Bucks are going to try to respond after that game against the Saints. He's going to throw a TD, though, man. That's just, he's going to do that. Yeah, but I mean, this is for two TDs, though. Right, you're going over. He's, he's going to throw, throw more than one? Yeah. one and a I half think he'll throw for number. one. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know if he'll throw uh, for two. Again, you know, you go, you got to think about what Tampa Bay is going to do. You know they're going to throw the ball. They're going to have to play catch-up. Whether they behind in playing catch-up or ahead and they still throwing the ball He's going to – think about it. What if Tampa Bay gets up by 21? Fair. They've got to push the ball down the field. In the games, easy touchdown, you know. All right. Real quick, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including Andy North, who will join us at 9, 10 a.m. Eastern to talk about Tiger, what he saw Thursday. Again, our title sponsor, Progressive Insurance, with more than 30 unique coverage options available. Progressive knows small business. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. The Who That versus the Who Are They game. Jameis, welcome to the Saints. It's great to have you. 
Who that? San Francisco <laughs> at New Orleans. So here we go. Uh, and we have to get this in. Uh, let me see my, my sheet says here. Please mention nepotism. Okay, okay. Right. Yeah, I'm deferring Michael, the key on this okay. one because he knows health more than anybody. <laughs> Michael yeah. Thomas, Key's nephew, over. is back receiving over under. He's so prolific. Jay's going with the over before the number's been unveiled. Yeah. Over under. This one seems easy. Over under, considering how great Mike is, over under 64 and a half. Over. Over. He'll, this will be his first 100-yard game of the season. Uh, he's coming back last week. He had just come back off the injury. Now it'll be two games, and they're going to put the ball in the air. They're getting ready to torch San Francisco secondary. Mm-hmm. I said over. Yep, he's not off easy. to a slow start this year, as we know. But Well, we'll he was hurt. He was hurt. No, let's not yep. sell well, it like that. Look, let's not see, build the bad wait, narrative here, you, Zubin. You see what I said? Hold on. He was hurt. <laughs> wait a minute. Don't be sitting up there talking about it's off to a slow start, you know. He was hurt. Just facts. Right, just 51 receiving yards in his first two games this season. We'll see if he breaks out in a big way on Sunday afternoon. Finally. The Calling Our Shots game. We're going against defenses. Um, they call out our plays, stuff like that. Baltimore at New England. So we're going to not focus on Cam here. All the attention will be on him Sunday night. So let's throw it on Lamar. Rushing yards for Lamar. I want to remind you, earlier this season, Lamar played the Bengals and actually had three yards rushing. So it is possible to stop him. It's not easy, but it's possible. Lamar Jackson, rushing yards. This one also seems like a gimme, but they didn't build those casinos in the desert by losing money. Uh, Rushing yards, over 27 and a half. Over. Just because the defense calls out the plays doesn't mean they can stop it. Over. Yeah, he worked, the, he worked the New England Patriots last year. He's going to work them again this year. And over. that will do it. The number on that, by the way, the over, as both of them say, at minus 105. But just a reminder, he has been held in check. We'll see what happens. There's just a great matchup, the way to end your Sunday with Baltimore at New England. So many questions about the Ravens. Why don't they look like the way they did a year ago? And so many questions for New England after that. moving on from two games, Brady. man. They're really struggling. <laughs> and everything going on. I'll be in trying and to play my nephew either, Zubin, <laughs> with that slick sports center stuff. <laughs> we got it in, and we're all bullish. We all went over. We all went over 64 and a half yards receiving. Drew Brees also would hopefully weigh in and say over 64 and a half. That would make his life a lot more easy. Still to come, it's Friday. It's the Masters, and we have a first at Augusta for a five-time champion you've probably heard of. We'll go to Augusta next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.